So those who have been um, here at Genesis over the past few weeks know that we have been in the midst of a series that we called The Gift, okay? If you came in for the first time tonight, that's why there's a lot of presence around. We've been looking at The Gift. And over the past couple of weeks, we've um, covered a couple of topics on Sundays in our teaching. We looked at The Gift of Peace, okay? We've looked at The Gift of Hope. And those were great, great um, teachings, and if you didn't hear those, here is the best way to hear our teaching um, back library for us, is to go to YouTube. Go to our YouTube channel, Genesis Church Ally, and you will find those there, just the teachings, and it's a great way to go. But today's Christmas Eve, so I feel like we got to raise the bar just a little bit today. And so today I want to speak about the best gift Okay, let's just raise it a little bit and go with the best gift ever. And I was kind of curious as to what is the best gift ever? And the chances are if I came out there and I was to ask you, don't worry, I'm not going to, and I was to say to you, what was the best gift you ever got? I would get a lot of different responses. So what I did was I got one of my Christmas elves to actually head next door to our kids' area And she went next door, and she asked the kids next door, what's the best gift you ever received? Now, let me just say this as a disclaimer. Yes, my elf is going to get better sound recording equipment for Christmas, but I think you'll get the gist as you hear what the kids next door had to say. What's the best gift you ever got? My bicycle. Baby sex. A farm. Baby dog. Freedom and Jesus. The best gift I ever got was my electric guitar. What's the best gift you ever got? Um, a skateboard. A giant unicorn. Uh, I haven't gotten it yet, but it, it's, I hope, it's um, a, a Krabby Patty pillow from Spongebob. My iPad. A telescope. What's the best gift you ever got? It was my, it was my family. Oh, it's a rainbow horse. My camera. When Zinta gave me the printer's Barbie dollhouse. Um, a toy Christmas tree. What's the best gift you ever got? A book for my elf. A tree. The best gift I've ever got What's the best gift you've ever got? The best gift I ever got was a tangerine colored bear with a yellow ribbon around its neck because somebody else in my class had one. And here I am getting it. <laughs> What's the best gift you ever got? Jesus. Some of these kids are gunning for my job, I think, right? It's the best gift you ever got. And by the way, if you are the parent of the child who said, I didn't get it yet, please go back to what I said before. Walmart is open till 11 o'clock, okay? You may need to make a quick run there uh, today. So all of these different answers as to what the best gift was. Now, due to the magic of Christmas, we've all been looking at this box for the whole season here at Genesis, and I was curious as to what is the definition of a really good gift? What is the good about it? So actually, in this box, hopefully, 
Uh-huh. I have the definition for what possibly makes something the best gift ever. And here's what I think it is. It's a gift that keeps on giving. There is a quote-unquote classic Christmas movie. In this movie, the main character is waiting for his Christmas bonus to arrive. You all know now why I said quote-unquote classic Christmas movie, okay? So he's waiting for his Christmas bonus to arrive. He has spent this bonus so many ways in his head, and every day he's waiting for the mailman to bring his Christmas bonus. And all of a sudden, he sees the messenger pull up to his house, and he gathers his extended family around, and he tells them all, here's what I'm going to do with this gift. I am going to take you all on an incredible trip. I'm going to put a pool in the house. He has all these plans for what he's going to do with the best Christmas gift that he could imagine, this bonus that is coming his way. Of course, those of you who smile and laugh know what happened. He opens up the messenger's envelope here, and he pulls out a voucher for a one-year membership to the Jelly of the Month Club. Now, his cousin Eddie, who is not the brightest tool in the shed, turns to him and says, Clark, it's not that bad. That's the gift that keeps on giving all year. Here's a, here's a uh, clue here. I'm not going to preach on the Jelly of the Month Club today. What I want to speak about today is actually found in the most famous Bible verse in the entire Bible. In fact, it is so famous that there is a very good chance if you are watching a football game this weekend, you will see it in the end zone. There will be a picture of it somewhere. There we go. John 3.16, right behind the touchdown. Or there is a chance that you will see it on an athlete's face. Tim Tebow. Or if you have shopped at all this holiday season like I have in Forever 21, you may not know, but on the bottom of every shopping bag at Forever 21, it says John 3.16. John 3.16, the most famous Verse in the Bible says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Of course, those of you who have been in church or Christian circles as long as I have, just said begotten in your head because it's always going to be his only begotten son, right? But his one and only son. And today what I want to talk about is this, the ultimate Christmas gift, which is, of course, Jesus. But here's the thing. Jesus, yes, is the best gift we ever received or the best gift you can ever receive, but he's also the ultimate Christmas gift because through Jesus, it's a gift that keeps on giving. And so I want to quickly look at three things here about that. Number one is this. Jesus keeps on giving himself. See, the arrival of Jesus affected our past, our present, and our future. Because of Jesus, our past was forgiven. We have a purpose for living 
and we have a home in heaven. It took care of all of those things for us. But here's the thing, it didn't end there. Jesus keeps on giving in our lives. He keeps on giving himself. He didn't save us and then say, bye, you're on your own, I'll see you in heaven in X number of years. He didn't say, you know what, you can got the rest, you can take care of this, you don't need to worry about me anymore, I'll see you later. He doesn't leave us alone, he's with us every step of the way. One of my favorite verses in the entire uh, Bible is, is Romans 8.34. And Romans 8.34 says this, And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, here's the amazing part, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us. See, it wasn't enough that the king of the whole universe lowered himself to become the most vulnerable human being that you can be. There is no more vulnerable a human being than a baby. And that's what he lowered himself to. It wasn't enough that he lived his entire life here on the earth in service to others, only then to be ridiculed and spat upon and yelled at and demeaned as he made his way to his death at the hands of the very people that he had come to save. That wasn't enough. It, right now in heaven, he is there. He is sticking up for you and for me. He is interceding for us. He's still there for us. He keeps giving for me and you. Now, let me remind you something that I'm sure you've already worked out. None of us is promised a trouble-free life once Jesus comes into it. None of us is, is promised that we will never have any other issues or crises or things come our way. And at this time of the year, I know that sometimes problems, losses, can feel heightened. It may be that tonight at dinner or tomorrow during the day, there's going to be an empty chair that wasn't there last year. Or it may be right now, you're, there's an empty chair right next to you in church that last year was filled. It may be that the economic situation in our country at the moment means that you're really struggling financially and you have longed for the days when you were able to do some of the things you haven't been able to do this year. It may be that you are facing health issues. It may be that you just feel really lonely because you feel like the only person who doesn't have somebody that you can spend time with this Christmas season. In the middle of the Christmas story, we find a character who can relate because she has a boatload of issues going on. She's a teenager. She's never had sex, she isn't married, and she finds herself pregnant. And of course, I'm talking about Jesus' mother, Mary. And when you read the Christmas story, you can see that 
man, I can't imagine how she felt or what she was going through. She had a real problem. And in Luke 1:28, we find an angel visits her. And here's what the angel says to her. Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And here's what I want to tell you this afternoon. I am no angel, but I want to remind each and every one of you this afternoon, no matter what you are going through or no matter what you are feeling this Christmas season, the Lord is with you. I like exclamation points. I went all out on this slide, okay? Got it? Because I don't want you to forget that. Whatever is happening in your life right now, the Lord is with you. And what does that mean? Here's what that means. So we go back in the Christmas story, or we go forward from Mary, okay? Mary and Joseph have to make their way to Bethlehem because the census is being undertaken. And when they get to Bethlehem, Mary goes into labor. And because of circumstances, because the census was happening, because there were a lot of people in Bethlehem, they find that there is no room for them at any inn in Bethlehem. And thankfully, a kind innkeeper says to them, here, I'm sorry, but this is all I have. Although part of me has to think, and I digress here, but I'm going to, I'm guessing the innkeeper's wife may have been involved, right? Do you have any idea what it's like to be in labor? You're really going to turn those people away, right? So this innkeeper found them this stable. Now, when we say stable, a lot of us think of, oh, this warm structure with a roof and walls. Chances are it was nothing like that. Chances are it was a cave. And basically, it was weatherproof and not much else. And so think of this. Jesus comes from heaven to earth. His dad is God. He comes down here. He is born in the dirtiest, stinkiest, most unsanitary place that most of us can possibly think of. And that becomes his first place that we find him here on the earth. That tells me two things. Number one is this, none of us is too dirty, too messed up, or have too many problems that Jesus wouldn't say, sorry, I'm not going there, right? No matter what you are going through, the King of Kings came to earth and started his life in the dirtiest of places. He's not going to turn you down. The second thing it tells me is this. As soon as Jesus was born, that stable became a palace. That manger became a throne. People came and worshipped him there. Shepherds came. Wise men came. The presence of Jesus transformed that disgusting place where he spent his first breath. The presence of Jesus in your life, in your situation, in the heartache you are feeling, in the loneliness, in the economic crisis, in whatever you are going through right now, the presence of Jesus has the power to transform what just may seem completely messed up and make it into something amazing. That's what he does. 
From the very first breath, his presence was transforming, and the great news is, 2,000 years later, it still is. The Lord is with you. Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. He gives himself into our lives, our situations, our hurts, and our problems. Jesus keeps on giving through us, I want to tell you secondly. See, here's the thing. Because of Jesus, every single person hearing me today, whether you're in this room or you're listening online, every single person has a purpose for living. And it is not to get rich. It is not to get the most views on your TikTok, whatever that is, okay? It is not to be popular. It is not to acquire the most stuff, no matter how much is under your tree tomorrow morning. That's not why you were created. Jesus came to give us a purpose for living, and that purpose was that we could serve others. Ephesians 2.10 says this, If it is God himself who has made us, what we are, and given us new lives from Christ Jesus... And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. I actually love what the NIV version of that verse says, and it says this. It says, we are God's handiwork. Now, you're not seeing what I'm seeing this morning, this afternoon, whatever it is. God is some, has some handiwork, because I'm looking around here. Amazing that he made each of us unique. He created each of us uniquely. You were created by God. There are no accidental children on this planet. There are accidental parents. There's no accidental children. Each and every person who is here is here because God planned it. And God ordained it. And God said, this earth needed that person or this person. And here's the thing today. No matter what you think when you look in the mirror, no matter what people say about you, no matter what you think about yourself, you were made by God. And he looks at you and he smiles. He thinks you are absolutely amazing and he has a plan and a purpose for you. You got to just find what it is he has planned for you. Every single person. You were not created just to sit on the sidelines and watch the game. You were not created just to be somebody who says, well, they can take care of it or they got this. We were all created with unique talents and gifts. Some of you are down there right now and you're thinking, I could never do what she's doing. And that's okay. A, I said that for many, many years, so watch out. But B, there's only so much room up here. But some of you have gifts and talents that God has given you that are needed in order to serve a hurting, helpless, dreary, grief-stricken world. God brought us all onto this earth so that he could work through us. And I know it may take you a while to work out what that purpose was, because I haven't embarrassed him already enough. Let me tell you a story about my son, Jace. When Jace was little, I decided that we needed to try as many sports as possible to see if Jace would find what was a good fit for him. 
The problem with being an only child is you get like all the parenting. So it's like I had in my head, he had to, so we tried. We did T-ball. We found out that Jace was really good at sitting in the outfield, playing in the dirt and doing things like that. So we moved on. And so then we tried wrestling. Now, I will admit, the problem with wrestling was not Jace, it was me. See, I used to yell, Jace, be careful, don't hurt him. Don't do that, Jace. No, 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 Jace, you're bigger than he is. Until one of the dads pulled me aside and said, it's kind of the point of wrestling, just thought I'd tell you. So we moved on from wrestling. We did gymnastics for a while. Now, those of you who are chuckling know my son is six feet five and gymnastics was probably not the way to go, but I was trying everything. And yes, he probably would have been better off as a lineman. So we tried football. Here was the problem with football. Jace, like his mother, is not built for running. And it's not just football games that were involved. There was the whole, like, before the game strength and conditioning thing. In fact, it got to the point in high school, they would pull Jace out of his class, take him to the coach's office and say, please play football for us. And he would say, you made me run. So that was the end of that conversation. Eventually, we found out that what we pretty sh probably should have known genetics uh, had at play from the beginning. Jace was never happier than when he was sitting up in a tree at dawn or out by the water with a fishing pole in his hand. But here's the thing, we kept trying. And here's what I want to remind you this afternoon. God has a purpose for you. It may take you a while to work out what it is. But each and every one of us was created for a different purpose. God wants to give to this world through us, and he keeps on giving himself us. It's not about us. It's about helping others. He wants to use us to bring hope and healing to a really hurting world. And thirdly, let me just say this. God keeps on giving new life. Let's go back to John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus came to this world to give us new life. And here's the thing. Unlike the offers in all of those catalogs which have been piling up in your mailbox all December long, this one does not have an expiration date on it. God wants to give every single person listening to me this afternoon, live or online, he wants to give you new life. In fact, if we change this verse around just a little bit, it looks like this. John 3:16. for God so loved, put your name in there, that he gave his one and only son, that when, your name again, believes in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. It's not just an offer that was made to a few people and then, sorry, that's it, it's done, it's over. It wasn't an offer that was only made 2,000 years ago and sorry, in 2022, you're just a little bit too late for it. It is an offer and it is a pleading that God still puts out there. See, every single one of us was created by God. He made us for a reason and he made us for a purpose, but ultimately he made us because he wanted to spend eternity with you. 
He wanted you to be with him forever in heaven. The problem was that God is perfect, we are not. And that imperfection was caused by sin that each and every one of us has committed. And so sin separated us from God. And so there was only one thing that could bridge that gap. Only one thing could get us from our place of sinful selves and bring us to a place where we could spend time with a perfect God. And that was an absolutely flawless sacrifice. And that sacrifice was, of course, God's son, Jesus. The little girl in the video earlier was completely right. See, an earthly king could have done, couldn't have done the job. A soldier, a president, a movie star, a tech CEO, a motivational speaker, none of those could do what was needed to be done. And let me just say this, 2,000 years later, they're still not the answer, okay? Only through Jesus could that be done. And so because of the baby that was born that first Christmas, because of the sacrifice that he made that first Easter, we can be reconciled with God. We don't need to worry anymore. We don't need to fret anymore. We don't need to fear anymore. We can enter into a relationship with him and ultimately spend eternity in heaven. See, I said there wasn't an expiration date on this deal, but there kinda is. Because most of you know, we're not promised tomorrow. We have no idea when our time on this planet is going to end. None of us knows what tomorrow holds. But I just want to remind you this afternoon, the offer that was made 2,000 years ago when God said, all you have to do is believe in me is still available to you this Christmas Eve 2022. The birth, the life, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, still all these years later, has the power to transform us from the inside out. And so this afternoon, I want to ask one thing of you. In the midst of everything you are, have going on, and I know your mind right now is possibly going, okay, she's almost done. Where are we going next? What needs to be done? What time do we have to be? Let's just bring it in for, just give me one minute. If you are sitting here today or you're listening to my voice today, and you don't know without a shadow of a doubt that if your life ended tonight, and yes, I'm being this brutally honest with you, you would go and be with God in heaven. I'm begging you, let today be the day you take care of that. See, there's no um, initiation. There's no test. There's no form you have to sign. There is no membership involved. All you need to do is this, believe. Believe in him and you will not perish. And so this afternoon, let today be the day, if you did not already know it, that you say, this is it. It's time for me to know what is happening when this life is over. It is time for me to spend eternity with the one who created me and made me. The gift that keeps on giving 
means this. Jesus keeps on giving himself. Jesus keeps on giving through us. And ultimately, Jesus keeps on giving new life. Let's pray.